Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. We've not joined the doctor as she travels the vortex because we're at a safe at home order, but we're still at side trip number 33. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Are you safe Very at home? Good. We are safe at home. We're all practicing social distancing. So uh, distancing. So any listeners be assured we are all in our own homes recording this over the internet together. So I can't see these guys and I haven't seen these guys for what's it been like two months now? Month not and a half. quite, not month quite. Liam is a month old, so yeah, you got a new addition to the family. Yeah, just a month and two days now. He's adorable. I just saw the, uh, I think it was the one month photos that you guys put on Facebook recently. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Happy birthday, Liam. Yeah, he's such a chill little dude. <laughs> in comparison to how Gemma was at the, that age, <laughs> at least from what we remember of Gemma at that age, and sleep deprivation can fog the memory. <laughs> My kids were the same way. Caitlin was really like high maintenance, high strung, and then Mason was just a, a breeze. Which I'm kind of glad he was the second kid because we wouldn't have known what we were in for with Caitlin. She'd have been well, second. And I think some of that is, you know. As parents, you feel more secure in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And that translates to the child because they feel a little bit more relaxed. But even Gemma used to, you'd lay her down for a diaper change and she would just scream her head off until I found like a noise machine to calm her down. He only does that like half the times. Half the time, he's okay just getting his diaper changed. It's just if he's hungry, you better get him food. (laughs) (laughs) Stats. I mean, that's the one. He lets you know about that. Oh, yes. And he's got good lungs to let you know about that. But Gemma is adjusting to being a big sister very well. That's what I was just about to ask, how she was adjusting. She's doing pretty good. She gets most jealous when I'm holding him, so I haven't got to hold him a whole lot. But there's been a lot of times where I have both on my lap. (laughs) 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 But she's been very gentle with him, very loving. It's been been really sweet to see. What's got to be kind of nerve-wracking, too, if this pandemic going on with two, with a little, well, with... Two little ones, but one really little new new one. It is a little bit, but luckily we just don't need to go anywhere anyway. So yeah. the, the downside is Gemma's stuck at home with us most of the time instead of getting to go to the zoo or to the playground and stuff like that. And so with Liam, it's, you know, he wants to stay home and cuddle anyway. So that's what mm-hmm. one of us normally does. And the other one can tag team and play with Gemma. So that's really hard on real little ones. They can't get out and just get that energy, you know, <laughs> yes. unleash that energy. And especially I, when the weather doesn't want to cooperate. I genuinely did not realize how much we relied on um, outside services, outside um, activities, parks, discovery center, zoos. Um, things of that nature when it comes to shy, <laughs> I re I really didn't have a concept of that. Um, yeah. And you know, admittedly, I'm kind of clueless about most things anyway, because if it were up to me, yeah, put on another movie. 
you, you genuinely can't do that with a four-year-old. It just right, doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and uh, so uh, trying to find things to stimulate this kid or, or de-stimulator, as the case may be, based on the hour <laughs> of the day. Uh, wow. I, Mel has been such a trooper. And um, uh, I, I don't envy her. Um, in fact, I'm going to say this being an essential employee has been kind of nice <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because I, I do get to leave the house versus Mel. Who's, you know, been at home with her since mid March, uh, when they closed the daycares down and, um, you know, she, well, she's only had one breakdown so far. So that's, uh, that, I think a testament to <laughs> Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive how how well she's holding it up. And both uh, both Mel and uh, Cheyenne are still alive. So that is... <laughs> they haven't killed each other, right? Not yet. <laughs> there, we, we got a side bet going, but there's a... <laughs> well, I've, I've been watching uh, Mel's Facebook, and you guys look like you guys have been doing a lot of uh, entertaining her at home and coming up with some really clever things, especially the little uh, letter game you guys were doing. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, the, uh, the the ABCs of quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having a yard for her to play with and for Gemma to play in has been a godsend too. Since the playgrounds are all closed, that was what we really planned on doing a lot of the time, anyways. But luckily, we got her a little house and slide last year for her birthday, so I dug that up from the basement. And whenever every day it's nice, she wants to go play in the backyard. Well, that's good. That's something to get her out of the house. Yeah. I've been lucky. I'm Holly and I are both still working because she's a nurse. So she's front lines uh, essential right now. In fact, she, her clinics, she's not even in the clinic now. They keep sending her over to the hospital. So I, I'll probably be the next one to get it. But, um, but then uh, I've got older kids, so they're pretty good at self uh, entertaining, except for Mason. You can tell he feels he's feeling really pent up and wants to get out. So just even to get out and go to a store or something. But we're like, you know, listen, bud, we can't do that yet. So, yeah he's he's kind of stuck at home we we go for walks when we can nightly so that he can at least get out and get some fresh air but you know between that and they you know they have they still doing school online and getting you know they do class of course they only have to have mason only has to meet for 30 minutes a day with teachers and then caitlin only has to meet in classes that she has questions on so they just get their they get their assignments for the week and they're pretty much done by the first second first or second day of the a week as far as schoolwork goes. So they're cruising along. I would have loved that at their age. Oh yeah. I would have too. <laughs> do all my homework at the beginning of the week. Heck yes. Well, they, they don't, they don't even wait till the end. They do it at the beginning and then it's not yeah. due until Friday and some, and Caitlin, some of her stuff isn't even due until Sunday. So yeah, that's the way to do it. Knock it out right away. All right. You guys been watching anything, doing anything in your spare time? We haven't had a lot of spare time. Well, no, yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's been a lot of uh, Care Bears. <laughs> I could shoot myself. <laughs> a lot of Frozen 2. We did get in at Astra, which wasn't very good. <laughs> that's what uh, I heard. Yeah, it, it had potential, and it could have been a really cool novel. It just didn't quite live up to what it could have been, I think. Yeah, there were parts of it that I liked and a lot of it that just kind of laid there and didn't really do much. Well, the whole setup for, you know, they go to the moon and there's a war on the moon. Tell me that story. 
<laughs> why is there a war on the moon? <laughs> what are these factions? Why are each plant, each country fighting literally a war on the moon? I want to know more. It's, wow. The world building that that wasn't the story they decided. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was the story yeah. they decided not to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I've just been reading quite a bit when I can. <laughs> Mel and I have uh, two episodes left of season two of Star Trek Discovery. We finally worked our way through that. Has it been good? Uh, it's better than season one. Um, if you know me, you know I was not a big fan of of, of disco uh, for 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 various reasons, and I, I will I will freely admit that I'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a hip hypocrite because probably i don't know 90 percent of my problems with the show are very nitpicky trekky fan things that i probably just need to let go of and, and move on <laughs> and if they did one thing it would probably cure 50 percent of that 90 percent of my problem <laughs> But I, I, I can't quite seem to let go of that. And then, you know, they'll do, we, we've had two episodes this season that were really, really, really good. And I went, oh, thank God. Yes, it feels like Star Trek. This is where we should be going. And then they kind of went back into the, oh, we're going to do this some more. And it's like, ah, uh, okay. So it's, it's, like I said, it's better than season one, but it's, it's, it's still not quite, it's not quite my Trek. So. Yeah. Did you finish Picard? No, my OCD would not allow me to to start Picard until we had knocked out Discovery. <laughs> Even though, I mean, I, well, yes, I suppose it is a shared universe, but it's very little to do with each other. Um, I just say it's it's limited shared as far as that goes. But um, yeah, no, I, I just I couldn't do it, so I was like, well, let's go ahead and knock this one out, and then we'll. So I, I've still only seen the first five minutes of the first episode. Mm -hmm. Sarah and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did just watch the, uh, I, I haven't even had a chance to do a, a review on it for, uh, for Flicks with Friends yet. I watched the uh, uh, Never Surrender, the Galaxy Quest documentary on Prime. Oh, uh, how was that? Prime. It was a lot of fun. It's a very well put together documentary. They talked with everybody. Hmm. And uh, some some truly fascinating revelations about the show, and uh, just made me want to watch it. So I did. I pulled the pulled my physical media <laughs> off the shelf because, for whatever reason, that one's not a streaming <laughs> availability. And we watched Galaxy Quest this weekend too. So a lot of fun. Nice. Love that. Well, then, what about you? Oh, I've I watched a lot of movies over the last few weeks. This is just. Got some. Uh, finally, saw Knives Out, which I thoroughly enjoyed. That's and that great. Wanting it too. It's so good, yeah. and and this isn't giving anything away, Keith. But this is the first time in a movie that they told me who the killer was about twenty minutes in, and I went, "Well, where's this going to go?" And then it does. And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, that was really clever." <laughs> so okay. it's it's quite enjoyable. And like I say, it doesn't spoil anything because it right away they they disclose basically who the killer is, but it's done in such a very clever way that it, it, it it's maybe not the whole story. If, if <laughs> you know what I mean. so. okay. uh, I saw that, I finally watched Joker, which um, 
eh, it was it was good. It was it was intense. Uh, Walking Phoenix does an amazing job, but I still it's one of those movies that number one didn't have to be the Joker. It could have been any psychopath yep. story. Um, I I appreciated the the nods to the bigger world with the you know talking about the Waynes and they you know the, even even to the 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 alley you know scene and all just everything that is sort of there about it. Um, I appreciated what they did with it, but it was completely unnecessary to do it um, and call it Joker. But I, I'm fine again that they did um, a better DC movie. Well, I don't know if it's better, but I was, it was a lot more fun and I completely did not think I would like it at all was birds of prey. <laughs> it, it is just a riot. And I, and what makes it such a good movie is the fact that everything that I liked about Harley Quinn in suicide squad it's all focused upon in this one and, and, and rightfully so. And even the supporting characters uh, are, are, you know, worth it. And, and Ian McGregor is, as the uh, black hood is so good. I mean, he's the drawing he, point for me. He is me amazing at it. And, and uh, Mar- Margot, uh, uh, Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. She does such a good job, but she kind of showed us, what she could do with Harley Quinn in the first movie. And it's more of that, but there's more focus on Harley Quinn, which I think makes the movie work a lot better, but well, I sure had a fun time with that. It's not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a plot you're going to ride home with, or, you know, put in any sort of up there with the echelons of great filmmaking, but um, it's just a lot of fun. It's It was a good surprise for me. And Sometimes then, that's all you need is just yeah, fun. That's exactly <laughs> right. And and with the way DC movies have been so hit and miss with me, I was just appreciative of the fact that I enjoyed one for 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 <laughs> once in a while. Um, we watched Onward, the uh, new Pixar movie, because it dropped on Disney Plus, and we quite enjoyed it. It's a little slow to get started, but it's got a really good uh, emotional impact uh, to the end. It's a really nice payoff. So quite enjoyed that and then we're on episode four of the tiger king which is just the craziest thing i've ever watched in my life (laughs) and if you're not watching it you should be because it is just amazing it's 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 these people are so out there and not one episode is the same as the other which is what's amazing about it because as they go along the revelations that they (laughs) throw at you Every turn is just uh, you. You can't believe it. It just gets more and more far fetched. <laughs> Sarah tried starting it and just couldn't get. I don't. I don't think even, she even got even ten minutes in. You have to get past the first episode to be honest, because we watched the first one and we're just kind of. Eh. Now the end of the episode is like a huh, <laughs> but uh, once you get once you get into the second episode, that's when it gets really crazy and starts to take these left turns that you just do not see coming. That's pretty much. Oh, I uh, did. I did do some reading, as Keith said, alluded to too. He was reading. Um, I read uh, Iowati on top. It's by Richard Iowati, and <laughs> it's essentially. Um, do you guys remember the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, film uh, View from the Top, where she's a airline stewardess? Uh, Mike Myers is in it. He's like a, um, a trainer at an academy that she goes to and Mark oh, Ruffalo yeah. is the uh, love interest, which I thought was interesting and surprising. Uh, Christine Applegate's in it as well. Um, it came out 19 or no, it came out in 2003 and it was a huge flop. In fact, I think they held it off. It was supposed to come out in 2001. It held off for a couple of years because it was so close to nine 11. 
so they held on to it. It came out in 2003. It was a total flop. It's got a 14% rating on, on um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Richard Iowati does a discourse about the film as though some historian, film historian would do on uh, Citizen Kane or Casablanca or Schindler's List. He, he goes through and he breaks down the film. <laughs> almost act by act and it is the funniest thing i have ever read in my life it is so so funny uh and he he peppers in you know real life scenarios and comparisons to things that are happening and uh, recallings of his own life and how his life he has you know parallel stories to some of the things that happen in the film it's just amazing so if you get a chance to pick it up sometime do because it, it is thoroughly entertaining you i did watch the film um kind of as i was reading it i would watch a little bit of the film that i really the book's not very long uh just a few hundred pages but uh so i would watch i would i'd watch a little bit and then i'd read and then i'd watch a little bit and i read so i was trying to stay up with you know the chapters that was going on mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's so much fun but you don't have to have seen the movie in order to enjoy the book i don't think so hmm. that's pretty What's much the name of it? it's called iowati on top a y o a d e on top that's it. That's what I've been doing. Playing the book, playing the video books. games and stuff like that. What, what were you reading, Keith? Uh, so from I think the last time we recorded, I finished Tarkin, which was a little bit of a struggle for me to get through. Um, I then read A New Dawn, which I thoroughly enjoyed, which is the Kanan, Jarrus, and Hera meeting book uh, ahead of Star Wars Rebels. Right. Then I took a break from Star Wars and read Dreams of Empire, which is a Doctor Who's second no- uh, Doctor novel, which was pretty good. Um, it's very much a base under siege, but that base is a f- a flying fortress on an asteroid. But it it looks like an old castle, but it's very modern and set in the future. Ooh. And it's a little bit. It's a lot of base under siege and a little bit man in the iron mask. It's a really interesting combination. I think it was written by Justin Richards. If I remember correctly, it was, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, I like Justin Richards stuff too. Yeah. He he did a good job with it. And the characterization of the second doctor was good. There were some parts where he was a little less second doctor and just doctorish in general, which is okay. It's just something I'm not used to seeing out of the second doctor. Um, but Jamie was fantastic and it's a Victoria story and Victoria has a good role in it also. I, I, I would highly recommend it, especially if you like Justin Richards and if you're a second doctor fan, I think it's definitely worth reading. Okay. And now I'm three quarters of the way through Thrawn, which mm-hmm. I did not expect to enjoy and I'm thoroughly enjoying. So oh, good. Now, when is it set? It is set before season three of rebels. Okay. All right. Good. And I don't know if you remember from season three, the governor of Lothal price. Yes. yes. She is a large part of this book too. So it's kind of an origin story of Thrawn in the empire and her. Oh, okay. Good. So it's kind of a cool melding. Okay. It's going to make me want to go back and rewatch season three. I don't know. Right. I would like that too much, but (laughs) you know, I, um, 
it's funny you said that. I completely kind of forgot. But after uh, after talking the last time about how you had gone on, um, I don't know if I mentioned that I did go to the library and I picked up the uh, next Thrawn book, um, Alliances. Oh, okay. Which is a team-up mission between Thrawn and Vader. Mm. And I went, oh, okay. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting story in the way that it's told because it's... it's um, Thrawn and Vader are given a mission, but then it also does a series of flashbacks to a time when Thrawn was still with the Chiss Ascendancy before he, um, you know, came over. And he meets General Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. And so I thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. This is great. This is going to be so good. And maybe it's just me. I... I just kind of found most of the story to be, eh, it just kind of lied there and it didn't do anything. And I, I'm, I think I'm struggling with that whole, you know, if we had these stories that were legends, yeah, <laughs> that, that were canon <laughs> at one point, and I've never been one to, to argue that. I, you know, I, I have friends that were so huge into the EU, and then when they took that away, they were devastated and upset and ready to burn things down. And I'm like, you know, I, I understand. I get where Disney's coming from, that if you pay $4 billion for Star Wars, you want to be able to tell some new stories without tripping over everything that's already out here. But I feel like if you're going to discount all of the EU and then selectively reintroduce pieces of it, I don't know if it makes sense to just reboot it. You know what I mean? Uh, because that's one of the things with Thrawn. I mean, Thrawn is essentially the same character. He's just in a different time zone. Right. Right. And one of the things that made Thrawn cool for me was the fact that, you know, this was post Jedi. He's last man standing. He's the one that survived the fall of the empire. Well, he must be really, you know, he's somebody to be reckoned with if he held on. And, and that to me kind of added to his mystique. And so now putting him in this, this new era, it, it just, I don't know. It seems to detract and it, it, it feels a little repetitious in some ways. So have maybe, maybe I'm Rebels struggling yet? with it. I have not. And that might be the other part of it is that I, I haven't that... got the, 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 the new intro as well as everybody else has. So, right. Right. but you read the first Thrawn, right? I did read the first Thrawn. Yeah. Okay. I just, maybe there was a better way to do this mm. than to just completely say, Nope, none of it counts. Oh, look, here's parts of it that count again. Well, we wanted to, uh, this brings us to the uh, point of this episode. We just wanted to <laughs> let everybody know uh, that we are okay. We're all safe. We are all practicing social distancing as we've, we've talked about in our daily lives, uh, you know, or have been affected and touched in many different ways. Um, and we hope that everybody else is being safe, but we wanted to let every, all of our listeners know that, you know, we're, we're still here. We're still chugging along. We plan to come back. We don't have a finite date when we're going to return. Um, you know, as with everybody, this coronavirus thing sort of just jumped and it didn't help that we were all kind of, you know, uh, with the baby coming, which we, which was planned for, we knew that was coming, but then I, you know, <laughs> surprise, and then, I, and then I was sick, you know, leading up to all of this mess, which thank goodness, you, you know, I had this come along later, it might've been a little more of, of a red flag for people, but, 
but you know, we played it safe and kind of stayed away and, and went on hiatus early. So we wanted to make sure that, that everybody knew that, you know, we're safe. We're coming back. We want to uh, assure people that we haven't gone anywhere. We just, our break is going to be a little longer than we thought it was. And obviously we hope that you're staying safe and uh, doing the right thing. And uh, we apologize. We probably should have, you know, if everybody's going to be stuck at home, we probably should have gotten um, together digitally and gotten some new content to you. And uh, I feel like we fell down on the job pretty hardcore there, but you know, life being what it is. Well, we had planned on this being a hiatus anyways, so we just right. took a little bit longer to get something out. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, what I think has been really encouraging, especially in Doctor Who fandom, have been these uh, tweet-alongs that they've been doing. Um, I think they've done, what, four now? And they're doing a fifth one. The, the Peter Capaldi one's coming up on Tuesday. So, actually, this will be out by the time that one airs. Uh, but they're doing uh, Hellbent, I believe it is, uh, this yeah. week. So, And it's really, really encouraging to see that going on. And, and uh, I think each one of us have, have managed to be able to uh, participate in at least one of the and of course there was one on saturday which i was home and could be here for and then we ended up <laughs> doing stuff with the family and i forgot all about it so i was really sad <laughs> but i actually had a chance to, to do one on a weekend and i missed it but i'm just so glad that the, the communities come together and it's not just the doctor you community there are a lot of people out there doing good and doing things online and helping each other and it's really encouraging to see that and uh you know helping everybody helping each other through this you know but it's a, what is it together or uh, alone together has, has been the kind of the mantra, which I think is, is absolutely true. We're, we're all, you know, staying home, staying safe, but we're staying connected. And that's the important thing. That's right. Absolutely. Well, guys, did you have anything else we wanted to talk about before we uh, leave this special side trip edition? Just stay safe, so. everybody. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this time until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. No, I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.